Lord, we thank you that we have the promise that you're here in the room with us now. I don't need that. We're going to keep that one right here. Thank you. Lord, we know in your scripture it says where two or three are gathered together, you are here in our midst. And Lord, we thank you for your presence. And Lord, you are a blessing to us. And our lives are changed forevermore because of all that you do. Father God, I pray that you would just open hearts, minds, understanding this morning for those who have walked in with the spiritual veil of darkness over their understanding. We command that to be lifted right now in the name of Jesus. We recognize that he who is in us is greater than he who is in this world. We recognize the authority that we have in Christ Jesus. And Lord, if there are those who come in in bondage, we command that to be released right now in Jesus' name, that people will leave here resurrected today. Those who walked in dead will walk out alive. And we just thank you for your goodness and for the power of your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 This morning, things are going to be a little different. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm getting as, as basic today as I can possibly get. It's just, uh, just gonna, we're just going to back things all the way up as if you had zero knowledge of God. That'd be okay? Good thing, because that's what I'm going to do. So, <laughs> well, you can turn your Bibles to John chapter 3. There was a man who did have a lot of knowledge about God. He was very religious. Uh, he was very successful. And uh, in John chapter 3 talks about him. His name is Nicodemus. And, uh, and, and, and so as you find that passage, I want to just kind of start off to say, just as Nicodemus was, you are. And that is, we are a three-part person, every one of us. And so just to kind of illustrate that, uh, you have a body. You are not a body, but you have a body. Because when your body is done, you still exist. All right, so that's just temporary. But you have a body. You are a soul. By the way, your body is, it contains five senses, taste, touch, smell, sight, and sound. And uh, so I, I, I can smell that marker so I know it exists. <laughs> I can see it. I can feel it. I can, uh, yeah, I feel good now. And so uh, I, I recognize that this, this is. So our bodies are centers of world consciousness. So I, I recognize that I, I see y'all. I, I know you're here. Some of the body, set, taste, tight, taste, touch, smell, sight, and sound. My soul has three parts to it, which is my mind or intellect, my emotions or desires, and my will. Choices I make, that's all done in with my mind and my, my emotions, okay? So you have a body, you are a soul, and then there's this third part at the core of your being is spirit, is spirit. Now, if you have, have never called upon the name of the Lord, the scriptures tell us that you're actually spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. Now, you, you can try and bring meaning and fulfillment to this life by adding things to this body, just, you know, trying to find pleasures that make this life tolerable. Uh, you can try and add prosperity. You can try to add power or prestige. But, but truthfully, all it's done is just outside stuff. 
It's just external, outside stuff. And so it really doesn't add much meaning to life. It just kind of makes it more tolerable. It makes it more pleasurable. But how many of us have heard those who have won lotteries only later to have a divorce and later to be bankrupt and, and some committing suicide? Only to, We find out of successful people who have many things and a lot of stuff and prosperity only to be absolutely miserable. We know that to be true. Why? Because this core of their being, they're missing something. To be, to be spiritually alive. Nicodemus meets Jesus at night uh, because as a religious uh, authority, he, he recognized that there's something missing in his life. And so, but, but Jesus is kind of public enemy number one amongst the Pharisees. And so uh, he really didn't want to be seen in public with Jesus. So John chapter three, verse one says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, that we know that you are a teacher comes from God, for no one can do the things that you do unless God be with him. Jesus said unto him, you must be born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Nicodemus, that kind of threw him off. And he said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and, womb and be born? Now, that's just messed up. <laughs> that's just, uh, Mama said, please no. <laughs> please no. <laughs> Nicodemus is just being silly. But, he, but he's recognizing what you're talking about, born again. Born again. We never heard that word before. What do you mean born again? Well, here's the truth of God's word. If you've been born only once, you're going to die twice, spiritually and physically. But if you've been born again, I only have to die once, physically. Amen. Amen. So maybe today some of you will get born again. So, so Jesus says to Nicodemus, unless you've been born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What does he mean? You don't have the spiritual equipment to even recognize God or his kingdom. So we can have, it's like a radio. A radio has, uh, we don't even use radios anymore, but all of our devices have something in them that, that right now in this room, there are things going through the airwaves. If I had a radio, I could pick up those airwaves and transform them into something audible. As a, as, a, as a person who does not have Christ, is not born again, even though God is speaking, they're not picking it up. Amen. That makes sense. They don't have the equipment to understand. They don't have the equipment to pick up though God is speaking. They're not hearing because they're spiritually dead. So Nicodemus, said, he's confused. How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said unto him, unless one is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, don't get confused over this water remark because the, second, the next verse defines the first verse. And, and oftentimes people say, well, that means I've got to be baptized. No, you know, you got you to back up. See, when... Uh, when you got a gal that's pregnant, I'm not going to get too detailed, but before there's a physical birth, there's water. Here's how Jesus said it. That which is born of the flesh, body, is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. 
Nicodemus, I'm trying to tell you something that you're only a physical person and you're not spiritual yet. Even though you have studied God's Word and you know the things of the Scriptures and, and man, you're super religious and you even put on the garb. Man, you, if it were today, you'd be wearing suit and tie. Nicodemus, I recognize how religious you are, but the problem is you can't enter the kingdom of God. You can't even see the kingdom of God because you're spiritually dead. All of your study of the scriptures, all of your, 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 your uh, purity in your life does not negate the fact that you have sin in your life. It's there. And so he, he said to him, Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it goes. Thus is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So I, I don't know where the where uh, wind is made from. I can't hadn't found that factory yet. I'm not sure where wind comes from. I can't see where it come from. I can't see where it went. But I know when it hits me. Right. Right. Amen. Yeah. You know when it hits you, and, and you don't know how or, or or necessarily what, but you know when it hits you. And Jesus says to Nicodemus, "This matter of the spirit, you don't understand it all, but you know the effects of it when it hits you." And so, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. You need to be made spiritually alive. And so, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw another little picture. And uh, if I sit down at a restaurant and I pull out a, a, a napkin, this is how I share with people the gospel. And so, today, maybe, um, maybe you've been coming for a while, and, and you think that the church attendance is really, uh, you know, that's the goal. Church attendance. If I just show up to church, man, that's... That's it. Well, no, we are so super glad that you're here. But when you come, we want to be able to give you uh, an understanding of deeper things. Yes. And even better than that, we want you to come to an understanding of the knowledge of salvation and that you leave here born again. Amen. Our goal for Sunday morning service is know God. We want everyone to know God. And so over here, and if y'all can't see this, this is the height of my technological advancement. So I know other people have nice little cool stuff on us. This is me. All right. So here's God over here. And here is you and me over here. And there's a major problem. And that sin has separated us from God. Well, the issue with sin is God is holy. And because he is holy, he cannot be in the presence of sin. And, and, and one of these days... I kind of want to go to heaven. What about you? I want to go to heaven. I can't go to heaven if I'm still wearing my sin. See, heaven's a holy place, and, and, and I can't get there if I'm wearing all of that stuff because I can't be in the presence of God with, with sin on me. Well, some people try and fix that by outweighing the sin with, with the good, outweighing the bad with the good. But the, the, the truth of the matter is that doesn't remove anything. Doesn't remove anything, so I'm still carrying this sin problem. It's a real sin issue. And, and not only do I want to go to heaven one day, but I really want to experience heaven here and now. Amen. I want to experience God's power right now. I want to experience the pleasures of the spiritual life right now. And I can't do it if I'm still over here, separated from God. But the Bible says in Romans 6.23, the wages... The wages of sin is death. Well, as we all know what wages are, wages are your income. That's what you 
earn. You earn wages. And so if I sin, I earn what? Death. And the, the sad truth is Romans 23:23 says, all have sinned and fallen short. Fallen short. We can't, uh, that's a big cliff to jump. You can't get there. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the wages of sin is death. But here's the good news. That's why it's called the gospel. Gospel means good news. The gift of God is eternal life. And I, I kind of want this. Yeah. Yeah. I, kinda, I won't be over here. Yeah. I like gifts. <laughs> Just so y'all know that, in case any of you were considering. Uh, I, like, I like gifts. What's a gift? If, if, if I were to give you a birthday present, would you say, oh, oh, I, I can't. I can't accept that until I earn it. Let me go wash your truck. Now, I will accept that. That would be a gift to me. But, but, but what, is, what do you do with gifts? You just receive it. You just, okay, thank you. You, you accept it. it, it some translations say the free gift of God is eternal life. And, and so this is the good news, that even though sin has separated me from God, God has made a way for me to have a relationship with him. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Amen. And it's, it's more than just outweighing the bad with the good. I need to have my sin removed. I need to have my sin removed. I need to be made new. I need to be born again. Amen. So as Nicodemus was having this conversation with Jesus, Jesus uses an illustration. He said, just like in the wilderness, Moses lifted up a serpent. He says, Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I need to kind of explain that to you. If you've never, uh, if you've never heard this story, it, it gets real confusing. Why would we be, why would we be picking up snakes? Uh, is this one of those kind of churches? <laughs> Bruce, would you bring out the box of snakes? Can we start passing them around? And if you're a little nervous, no, we don't do that. All right. But, uh, <laughs> so, so we have this, this illustration that Jesus uses with Nicodemus. He said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of the man lifted up. I need you to know that in this wilderness journey, when the nation of Israel left Egypt and they were headed to the promised land, they kept griping. They kept complaining. If you've had teenagers, you know what this is like. But <laughs> two million of them. And Moses is wore out. And, and in fact, God's wore out. He's tired of hearing the complaining. And, and, and sin brings its own consequences. And, and this sin, it, it brings uh, this curse of snakes. How, have you, how many of you are scared of snakes? All right. So the, some of you will admit it. And some of you... I'm, I don't want to raise my hand in church, so. <laughs> so in this wilderness, people are getting snake bit and they're dying. And Moses goes calling out to God, God, uh, we, we need you here. God says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take, and you're going to take a piece of bronze or brass, and you're going to make a serpent. You're going to put it on a pole, and you're going to lift it up. When people look at that serpent on the pole, they're going to get healed. That is the weirdest thing. God does some weird things sometimes, doesn't he? That is just weird. I mean, uh, by the way, if you know the, the symbol for uh, uh, a pharmacy, what is it? It's a snake on a pole. 
And so this is kind of where that comes from. And so Jesus is using that illustration. Now, I need you to understand what the snake represents. The snake represents all the way back to the Garden of Eden and represents what? Sin. Represents sin, and with sin comes the curse. And so, uh, and also the substance that is made out of is made out of bronze. And when you find bronze in the scripture or brass in the scripture, it represents judgment. Judgment. And that, that serpent on a stick raised up represents judgment for sin has been paid. Jesus said, just as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He said, I'll pay your sin debt. I will be judged on your behalf. Amen? And all who look upon me shall be saved. That's good news. That is so good news. I mean, that's the gospel. Another uh, way I like to illustrate it is, uh, and it's really easy to imagine it now, because of how dry everything is and wildfires are popping up all over the place. In the, in, the, in, the, in the prairies of this country several years ago, there was a wildfire and his father and his son were out on the plains and they could see this wildfire rushing towards them. There's no way to get out of there quick enough and they know that they're in trouble. And the little boy is just panicking. He's calling out to his dad, what are we going to do? How, how are we going to get through this? What, what's going to happen? We're about to die. And the dad said, calm down, son, calm down. And he reaches down, and right where they are, he lights the grass right beside them. Well, this just sends the boy into greater panic. Why are you starting another fire? Maybe this is where we call fire with fire. I don't know. What, what's going on here? But as he lights the fire, as, as, as grass does, it just burns quickly and all of a sudden, whoosh, all of a sudden, a new flame takes off. And what does it leave behind? It burns up quickly, too. And that father and son stepped right over there in that already burnt area. And as that fire came, fire can't burn where it's already burnt. I want to tell you something. God's judgment has already come upon Jesus for my sin. And just as they were standing in the already burnt area, I want to stand in the already burnt area. I want to be in Christ Jesus. He's already paid for sin. That's why he said, it is finished. He's already paid for it. He's already been judged on, on my behalf. He didn't sin, but he paid for it. For God has demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Romans 5, 8. So maybe you're here today and man, you, you just, you're okay with the church thing. But you recognize there's, there's, there's still got to be something more. There's still something missing. I, I, I recognize that there's something absent in my life. And just like Jesus tells uh, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You can't see the kingdom of God. You can't enter the kingdom of God until you're born again. What is it to be born again? Well, Jesus says... By the way, in this setting, this is, this is where the most famous verse in all the Bible comes from. As he's talking to Nicodemus, he said, For God so loved the world. John 3, what verse? 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then he goes on to say, those who don't believe him, he, he, didn't, he didn't come, Jesus in verse 17 said, the Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But those who are not in Christ Jesus, verse 18, are, they're condemned already. 
If you are not in Christ Jesus, you, you don't have to do anything get, to get condemned. You're condemned already. But that's not his desire for you. His desire is that you might be saved. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. I want to be in Christ Jesus. I don't want to be condemned. I want to recognize that I, my sins have been paid for, and I'm going to put my trust in Jesus because he's already been judged on my behalf. So Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says this, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, what's it rest of, how's it go? You will be saved. You'll be saved. And then uh, a couple verses later in verse 13, it says, For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Isn't that good news? Amen. Now, we had an all earlier, and that is all have sinned. Romans 3, 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the bad news. But the good news is all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And so I, I pray that today, if you've never called upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. As we look at this business of salvation, I, I pray that you're not just saying, you know, I want me a little fire insurance. I want me a little fire insurance. I, I just want to miss hell and hit heaven, that's all. Well, I, I, I hope for more than that for you. I hope... I hope that you're not just trying to, to get to heaven because I can tell you something. Heaven will come to you as soon as you call upon the name Amen. of the Lord. Amen. You can experience more in this life. Don't you know that God created you for a purpose? Amen. He created you for a reason and he has something better for you. And it's more than this world can even understand. You can try and explain these things to someone who doesn't know God and they can't even grasp it. But they do recognize when they see it, you got something I don't have. You got something that I need. You fit, when, when you go through hell on earth, how is it that you continue in peace? How is it that you continue with joy? How is it that you continue to be just, you know, okay? Why? Because there's something, this world, that, that whole body, soul, and spirit business, that, that I recognize that my body may experience things in this world, but I have something greater within me. Amen. I've been spiritually born again. And I pray that that would be the case for you. Could you just bow your head and pray with me now? Father, I pray that you would help anyone and everyone in here who has not called upon the name of the Lord to recognize the deep, deep need that they have for salvation. Or maybe they've been wrestling with, oh, that, that great question, is there more in this life than what I'm experiencing? I can say with 100% certainty, if that's your question, I know the answer. Yes. Yes. Someone who is experiencing the fullness of God never has to ask the question, is there more? Lord Jesus, you said that you have come to have life, that we might have life and have it to the fullest. I love life, and I love living life to the fullest, and I can't do that without you. Lord, I pray that everyone in this room will begin a soul examination, where they will begin just examining their own heart and asking themselves, have I been born again? 
Am I saved? Lord, I pray that today that you would just make it real, real clear. Holy Spirit, do your work, the life giver. It's in Jesus' name we ask you. I'm going to ask you to just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. And, and, and I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. By the way, there's, there's, there's no magic formula or combination. These words aren't magical. But I just want to lead you in a, in a prayer. And then if you, if you today want to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved, you can just repeat this prayer with me in your heart. So let's pray together. And you just you just repeat it to me in your heart. You don't have to do it with your mouth at this time. But you can if you want. Father, I know I'm a sinner. And I know that you, Lord Jesus, died on the cross for me. I want to receive your salvation, the gift of this salvation. I want to receive it for myself. But I don't want to continue walking my way. I want to go your way, Lord. I don't want to be saved. Would you forgive me my sins? Cleanse me of my unrighteousness. I want to live for you now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There's something very important with this. Um, maybe you're here today and you just prayed that prayer with me. There's something that I absolutely believe. And I've already quoted the scripture, Romans 10, 9. So maybe you say, well, I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Lord of Lords. See, there's that other part, that the first part of Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. It's absolutely essential. It's absolutely essential. I, I believe it is so essential that you can believe in your heart and just hold that belief, uh, or at least you think it's a belief, that, that you could hold to that and, and, and never tell anybody about it, and, and I, I would have to question your salvation. I'd have to question your salvation. In fact, here's what Jesus said. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. Well, I've denied you, not with my mouth, but with my life. But praise God, I came too. <laughs> Praise God, I recognized what I was doing. And, and, and I, I confessed him with my mouth. You are my Lord. And so we're going to have a time of invitation. And I pray that the altar is full with people praying for people. And so there are going to be people coming to the front and praying. Our prayer team, let's all stand together. Our prayer team will be on the corners of the altar. But if today for the first time you said... I just called upon the name of the Lord. What you need to do is come tell somebody. Come tell somebody. It's absolutely essential. It's absolutely essential. Don't you think that you, if you prayed that prayer in your head, you prayed it in your head, and you leave here and do nothing with it, don't you leave here thinking you're saved. Because if you truly got born again, spiritually transformed, here's what I know. It's going to come out your mouth. Jesus says, out of the mouth comes the overflow of the heart. 
And so don't think that you can pray it in your head and you just go on with life and you got your fire insurance. If I die today, I'm going to have, I'm going to tell you something. If you were born again, it's going to come out your mouth. You're going to tell somebody. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that today. We're going to have a time of invitation. We're going to worship together. We're going to pray together. And, and if there's anything at all that you need God to do in your life, come talk to our prayer team. Maybe there's a sickness. Maybe there's a family member. Come have our prayer team pray with you. But if today for the first time you said, I called upon the name of the Lord, then just walk over here to our prayer team and say, I just got saved. You can say it like that. Or you can say, I just called on the name of the Lord. I just called on Jesus. I just, however you want to say it, just do it. Amen. Father God, I thank you so much for what you did on our behalf. Lord Jesus, said you came and died in our place, paid for our sins, and gave us life. Lord, I pray that as you start this spiritual transformation in the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls, and in that infilling transformation, Lord, that you would give them an extra dose of boldness and courage. They, they can't help but walk down this aisle and tell somebody. I just called on Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for your life-giving work. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we have this time of invitation, you move as God. And, and maybe again, maybe you need to come pray for your kids. Maybe you need to come pray for your, your parents. Maybe you need to come pray for your spouse. But you come at this time as we worship.